Boom, baby. It's Eric DiGiovanni from BotMop.com. Remember, don't lease your beats. Download them at the Netflix and Beat stores. We got my boy Nick Phillips in the building, a.k.a. Agent 26. Thank you for joining us. What's going on, my man? Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm good. I'm good. Dude, so, like, what's going on with you, man? What have you been doing lately? What's, um, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from. Uh, you just recently, sure. right? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I'm actually, I'm back home. So I originally uh, grew up in Dallas, Texas, and went to college out here. And then I moved to Los Angeles and lived there for about eight or nine years and did a little bit of everything from stand-up to acting, um, that's modeling stuff. And I kind of did music like along the way and never knew it could really be a job. And then got heavy into it a few years back and really just been riding that wave since and then relocated here, finally settled down. Word. So what, first of all, what made you move out to LA and then what got you into music? So here's the thing. I didn't know music could be a job, right? So like I, I was one of those kids that kind of like had all the software um, as a, uh, as a child. And so like, I, you know, had a little garage band when I was, when I was a kid and a few other things, I was just making beats. Like I'm an only child. So a lot of free time, bored as hell, but I did, I just, I thought when I was young, uh, <laughs> I thought that the people who like, uh, when people were making music, they made their own beats. Like, I didn't know that I was like a producer or engineer. I had no clue about anything. Yeah. So, uh, I, I just kind of did that and, and uh, I kept doing it. And I used to, I used to do this thing. that's really silly. I would take like, uh, I didn't have an iPhone. I couldn't afford one when I was, when I was a kid. So like, I would like, there was an app called like, um, electro beats and like I would like borrow like just to you know you know kind of bs around I would kind of get a friend's phone and download the app and just be like tinkering and making beats and, <laughs> and like hey okay, here man you got it back now um yeah this is like this is like before social media and all that other stuff so um that's how we did things but uh yeah so like I did that in um I came in Los Angeles because I was acting already in Dallas so I had done some commercial stuff. I had done a few like movies and I was kind of like, you know what, I'm thinking this is something I would want to take seriously. And so I thought no better way to do it than to kind of move out West and uh, take my chances. Word. So what are you focusing on right now? And um, it's mostly music, right? Like the... Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, um, you know, this is like over the span of like, I'm 28 now. So this is kind of the span of my entire twenties. Like I, I did all this, but, uh, yeah, I've been doing you know music solely for like the last three or four years. So um, I, I had to narrow it down. I couldn't chase all those rabbits at once. No, 100%, 100%. So like, tell like for anyone that's, um, me included, for anyone that's like starting out or for anyone that's really trying to make bread doing this music shit, like what advice mm -hmm. do you give him, especially since you've been doing it three, like over three or three years about full time, what can yeah. you, advice could you give them, like, no matter what niche they are, no matter if they're a producer, engineer, artist, like, what advice mm -hmm. could you give them? Uh, it, it, okay, so I would say be specific about the route you want to go. And, like, so part of um, my journey uh, doing music was, um, or has been, I should say, I uh, became an ambassador for BeatStars which um, allowed me to host, like, these really, really, like, cool meetups for people um, at the School of Audio Engineering um, in LA. And uh, I would you know, met like hundreds and hundreds of people who would come through. Some of them were B-Stars members. A lot of them were producers. 
um, engineers, you know, some of them were A&Rs or whatever, looking for talent. And, you know, what I learned most is that there are so many ways to kind of get the bag in this industry. And you've got to be specific about how you're going to do it. Because otherwise, you're like, oh, man, like selling beats on YouTube seems cool. But then I kind of want to try licensing. But then I'd like to kind of put out my own stuff and then beat tape seem cool. It's like you can't do all that. You, you can't. You have to learn how to like get a path and kind of just chase that first. And once you get really good at that, then you can branch out into whatever else you want to do. So be specific first. Bro, that's go that route. That, that's that is probably the biggest gem I've heard because I'm in L.A. right now. Um, That's probably the biggest gem mm -hmm. I've heard from anyone in the industry because no one's <laughs> Thanks. everyone's talking about like diversify your income, all this bullshit. No one's talking about just stay focused on one thing. And that's something I've actually experienced as well is like, um, you know, at first I came here because I wanted to like record for, you know, big ass produce, uh, big ass artists like, you know, Drake and shit. And then I was like, mm -hmm. yo, I really want to take this DJing shit to another level too. And I wanted to also be my own artist at the same time. And I realized like 2020 was the year I realized like, oh shit, I just have to like niche down and just really focus yep. on one thing. But no one talks about that. You know what I mean? Everyone no. talks about like, you know, oh, you got to learn this. You got to learn this. You got to learn this. They're going in all different lanes. Uh, what was like mm -hmm. the moment you realized like, oh, shit, I have to niche down. And what would you say your niche is? Is it uh, specifically producing for artists? Is it making beats? Like what mm -hmm. is your actual niche? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so the, the way I learned it was kind of harsh. So like I, 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 this is probably just like, arrogance or whatever you want to call it but like i put out like my own stuff i was like man i could do this i can make music that uh doesn't suck and i want to listen to and then the whole thing thinking really this is because this is how you know i was doing it just to have fun is i just wanted to hear like my own stuff like <laughs> i just i just wanted to hear me yeah so i don't like rappers saying anything like that but like i just gotta like i loved Kind of like I grew up in that era of like when DJ Khaled had like I'm so hood and it like swept through high schools like you know like a plague and um you had that and you had DJ drama and all these other guys who like had their own mixtapes out and they didn't you know they didn't say anything on them they kind of just like you know opened it but they had all these cool artists some of my favorite songs came from like that era and I was like I want to do that and so the, the, to answer your question how I learned that I couldn't do everything was I was like, I want to make a song. So like, I kind of just met some people who were like in music and I was like, I have a beat, you know, uh, can you rap on it? And they were like, yeah, sure. And so I went through the whole process of like paying for features and like learning how to like the splits work and all of that stuff. And then it was like, I got the song back and I was like, cool, I'm done. And then like one of the artists hit me, it's like, what's your plan? I was like, what? What do, you, what do you mean plan he was like yeah, yeah what, like what's your plan to like get this out i was like bro i was gonna put this on youtube he was like what what are you talking about so i was totally lost and like uh he was like i need you to like mix the vocals i need you to master the beat i need you to come up with a marketing plan blah 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 blah, blah. and i was like whoa this is a whole enterprise you know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, I didn't know about P PROs or BMI or any of that. And so like the first thing they told me were like, was like, like go to like a meeting and like join a PR, uh, PRO. And then like, I finally kind of like went there and I was like, oh crap, there's not just like a, a whole, there's other parts to this. There's other industries yeah. 
within song making. Like there's publishing and you have like your um, your organizations like ASCAP and, and stuff like that. But like there are several entities that break down just one project. And so that to me was the most jarring thing. And so that's when I realized I kind of needed to focus in. And then for me at this point now, I, I think I've stayed in, in beat making as being my primary thing. I've stayed in kind of like, I still like to put out my own stuff. Um, I, I try to focus on um, my own brand because I don't consider Agent 26 just like a producer name. Okay. It's something that I, I want to be able to, you know, put out merch, be able to produce, you know, since I have a background in film, I want to be able to put out kind of like my own content and things like that. So like, it's not, I don't want to kind of just be, you know, behind a laptop uh, making beats. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, I kind of want it to be a universal umbrella. And under that, there's different subsections. Sure, sure. So are you, um, are you working with artists uh, in Dallas right now? Or are you working with artists over the internet? How are you connecting with artists right now? It's mostly over the internet. Like, so it, here's a funny thing is when you start to try to like go that route and I, and every producer that I have this conversation with, you know, I tell them to, to, to do this. Like, I'm not, it's not like some sauce I'm trying to hide. I'm like, no, go out there and try to make your own songs. One, it'll teach you a lot about the business of doing this. You, and two, you'll see how hard it is and the position that artists are in every single day. You'll see just how difficult this is to put all this work into a song and then have it have that little dash mark on Spotify to show that you haven't had anyone listen to it. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, you need to go through all of this. And then, you know, like you'll see that, um, you know, this, this, this process it has to be treated with such care. And so, but also too, like, you know, it, it, it does wonders kind of like for your craft, like, because you have to come up with your own vision and your own, idea of like how you want to see something done and execute it like that is producing that to me is like an excellent practice of producing because you won't get a shot normally like you it's not like you know you can walk into a studio and then like yo i'm just gonna like produce this record and who are you like get out like go to your own room like it doesn't work like that right but that's the literally i mean i i'm sure i'm not the only one but i mean i'm from new jersey but i came to la with that mentality i came to la mm -hmm. Audi that like all right i'm just gonna you know i got a few credits under my belt i'm gonna fucking walk in to atlantic records whatever fucking yeah be producing for selena gomez or some shit like that you know what i mean but like people have that yeah. because they're so they're they're not in they're not in the, they're not in the business yet you know what i mean it's like no really new to the game you you start thinking like oh shit like i'm good because my friends think i'm good so i'm gonna be producing for xyz what is mm -hmm. like the well first of all that's a huge ego killer right there but what yeah. <laughs> you know, like what 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 are some of like the struggles that you've been going through uh as a producer and yeah. uh, another question would be what are some of the struggles you've seen as an artist that you never saw as a producer until you started you know making your own music okay uh good question uh first thing i'll, I'll kind of answer that one like with a short story so like I have uh, a producer friend of mine who um, has helped me out, you know, uh, quite a bit in my journey. And so uh, he invited me to a session um, at this, uh, and this was in LA, this isn't here. Like, so most of the artists I work with now are still kind of like West Coast uh, artists and stuff like that, but they come from all over. But um, yeah, so I, I was like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, like whatever. So again, my mindset 
because of, because of my background, I'm like, all right. So if it's they say show up at seven, I'm there like six thirty. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm ready. I got the flash drive loaded up. I got like five of them. Like I'm thinking like, yo, I'm ready to go. And so I get in there and, uh, one, here's what I didn't know. Uh, it was, um, I don't know if you know who Mike Gonsolin is. No, I don't. Uh, no. So he's this like a super, uh, popular, like engineer and, um, and record producer, right. He records, you know, he records like famous decks and Oh, a, lot, a lot of these kind of like like that era of like they got that whole double XL freshman list seemed like you got everybody on his credits and so so I, I didn't know he was at the time either so I like, don't feel bad but uh you know so um I, I go I go to the studio and I'm thinking it's gonna be like a big you know like industrial studio and then like it's this house and he wasn't even giving me a dress like I called I was like I think I'm at the studio and he's like who is this who are you with and so I told him, he was like, all right, he's cool. So I, I go in and bro, it's a house, like a house house, like there's beds and kitchens. I was like, where's the studio? Yeah. And I'm, I'm showing how much of a rookie I am in this whole situation. So I walked to like what I guess was his like master bedroom or whatever. I don't know what the hell this was. And so I go in and it looks like Star Wars in there. Like this thing is like, there's analog everywhere. He's got huge microphones, a whole booth. I was like, how are you affording this in a house in LA? Like, bro, are you serious? Like this dude's got major favor. And so he's got couches, he got like a little mini fridge in there. And so I was like, okay, so I'm actually in, I'm, I'm in a place that's pretty exclusive then. And so then the artists come and the producer that actually, um, that I know he was kind of, you know, controlling the session. And I bring this story up because it was one of the first times that like I learned like my place, you know what I mean? Because I got in there and I think I'm, I think I'm dope. You know, you kind of have to to do this job, but no one said shit to me. Um, it was it was quiet. It was super quiet. Like I was like just sitting there, kind of like I think that snare sounds good. You know, <laughs> I had nothing. Oh, I feel that. I feel yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I have been there before. It's like no one cares what the intern thinks, so no one cares what like your. No. Is, you know what I mean, like, uh, man, like I, I feel like you know. Have you ever been in a session where like, I don't know, you'll bring your boy or like you know some artist brings their homie and then they just start being a nuisance the entire session. I'm just like, yo, why? Yep. That's the worst. Yeah. Thing. That's the worst thing. Like, if you're an artist watching this or producer, just know who your friends are when they need to sit still for like two, three hours, six hours at a time. If you want yeah. friends, make sure they're not like annoying as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need you need quiet people to yeah. like go with you. You got to because it, it's really a here, you know it's funny. Um, so like uh again, Mike wasn't there to see me, he had no clue who I was. I don't even think he bothered to remember my name. But <laughs> the one interaction that we had, of course, my background is you know, uh kind of like in comedy. So like, you know, if I get a moment, like I, I can kind of like crack, I keep I just kept people laughing. And so he was like, uh, I had these like this like box of weepins like that I was kind of snacking on because there was a gas station around the corner, and so he was like, "Yo, whose weepins are these?" I was like, uh, "Those are mine, but um, you can you could definitely have some." He was like, "Hey man, you you're not sick, are you?" And uh, I was like, "I don't have the health insurance to be sick," and like he starts laughing. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, that was funny." And then like the rest of the session, I was like the funny dude in the room. And that was the only way this guy remembered me. Like, that was the only way. It's a funny thing because 
in that space, like, I mean, of course, you know, someone like you or myself, you know, we feel like, hey, I could have easily been the one, not just contributing ideas, but running that whole session. But that's not the time to try to take over and, you know, and like flex or like show that like I'm dope or whatever, like your moment will come. And I've been in sessions like that where eventually my moment came, but it doesn't happen um, off jump. Sometimes you have to learn kind of when to just be quiet and kind of feel the room out. And so I, I definitely, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go into a session and you have more successful friends, or even if it's not more successful, but like everybody else knows each other, if you're that you're the plus one, it's like yo, it's time to sh you know let, let let people do what they do. Bro, I mean, I'm I'm even I don't know how you are at like networking events or like parties or whatever but i'm kind of like that too at parties like if i don't know you know are you there oh yeah oh phone call oh no okay okay um i don't know if you are if you're the same way at parties but like if i'm at a party where i know there's important people um mm -hmm. like hypothetically like if i went to a party with jay-z like yeah. i wouldn't just go up to him and be like yo like it's good like you know what i mean uh um, yeah yeah I, well actually i used to work at target and i did that because he, he came in target and i was like oh. i forgot about the story i fucking just like was like yo Hove, i love you bro but i was like i was like a stupid 19 year old bro i was 18 whatever i was dumb as hell my, it was like my first couple weeks in la i was dumb as shit but like, now i wouldn't do that hopefully he doesn't remember me now i wouldn't do that <laughs> you know what i mean i was in a session with jay-z yeah. you and i both know that because we've been doing this for a little for a little bit of time mm -hmm. but yeah how about this, bro? You ever been in, I'm sure you, I, I know you've been in this situation before. What do you do when you're, you know, producer for an artist and you guys come to a complete disagreement and you know, mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, you're right. Cause you have more experience and it's, yeah. not, it's not an ego thing at that point. It's like, yo, this dude literally is off key. How do you tell that person without hurting their feelings? And what advice can you give to artists to kind of listen mm -hmm. to someone who's more experienced? Ooh, I see that's tough because I think that our job, I said more our responsibility, I shouldn't say the job. Our responsibility, I think, as producers is to facilitate the creation of the product. That's really it. It's not to dictate necessarily where it's going to go. Sure. And I think a lot of us, you know, because we know music and a lot of times we know music more than the artist will. So we know what sounds good, what doesn't. A lot of us are avid music listeners. That's kind of how you get into this. Right. And so we know we know what's current. You know, we know like, hey man, not only were those bars not it, like just this whole, the energy of this record is just not right. Uh, we need to, you know, fix, we know, right? And uh, especially like if you ever had to produce like on beats that aren't yours, like that's a real challenge when you like get to that space because like it's a whole different, you're, you're here just to create the energy and the tone. So, um, but yeah, with that, what you, what you kind of want to do is you know, understand your relationship first with this artist. Is this a first time person you're producing for? Is this a friend? Is this someone who trusts your opinion? Like kind of like suss that out first, because if it's, you know, um, kind of early on, and, and, and it, it, this it sounds bad, but like if it's early on, you kind of don't want to ruffle feathers. There are some guys you can do that with. There are some people who like, you know, give me the honest, you know, to God truth. But if you're at a complete crossroads with an artist and like they feel one way and you feel the other always focus on the project because it's being the producer of a completed work is always better than being the producer of nothing i agree completely so yeah so like i would always err on the side of caution and say you know 
lean towards what's going to get the song done. Now, if that comes out and, you know, you, you've kept the relationship civil, there's always opportunity to make new records. Songs, songs get burnt up, you know, so quickly now with all the social media and all the streaming, your record from a month ago is already old news to your fans, right? So to me, I'm like, I'm always going to, you know, err on the side of caution and say like, okay, well, let's just get this done. If that's how you feel, this is, I'll, I'll tell you my opinion. I'll tell you what I think. But if that's where you're going to go with it, let's just finish this record and then focus on the next one. Bro, that's actually huge, man. Um, that's something personally I've had to uh, kind of come to grips with in the last, I don't know how many years, just producing. Uh, I feel like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like in a way almost, if you're a producer, the artist is always right in a way. I don't want to say that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, like at the end of the day, they're coming for you, coming to you to create their vision, not your vision. So yeah, exactly. So, you know what I mean? So like, I, I actually yeah. that question terribly and I hope I didn't like pigeonhole you a little bit with that question, mm-hmm. but um, I feel no, you're like, good. Okay, cool, cool. So I feel like that's actually a really hard lesson I had to learn recently within the last few years is because um yeah you might be more whatever quote-unquote experience but mm-hmm. you're getting paid to produce for someone else and that's a hard yeah um, yeah it, it, in this job man like you know it, it's it's tough because i think it, uh, you know th- there's this level to it right where like you know like the metro boomins like kind of live like the, the people of that cloth lending on the track guys and stuff like that there's a level to this of like stardom that i think a lot of people are after and you know who am i to tell you not to go for that go for it if that's what you want however you know they're able to kind of make like you know not all heroes wear capes and it's a whole like project of their of their own and, and whatever but like if when you come in, you are a utility, just like the engineer is. The engineer knows probably better than everybody in the room what sounds good in the headphones and like what really should be included or taken out of a song. Usually engineers are the, are the most vital people in a session, right? But it's still the artists who normally, or their you know, label, if it's like a big, a big artist, it's those people who are paying for the studio time that matter the most. So, you know, you just, you just, you're there to, to fill a role. And if you don't like that, then this probably isn't the business for you. This isn't the time to come in and be like, this is my show and I got this and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's not that. This is, you're, you're, you're here to come in and make sure that that guy's over there. This person's over here. We got this done. Like, that's your job. Your job is facilitation. That's a hard, that's a hard lesson to learn, especially for yeah. young dudes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a young dude, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? it's a hard lesson for me to learn. Like I've been learning that all 2020. Um, yeah. What would you say to then, like what, what would be the next best role for someone who wants to run their own show, but necessarily doesn't have the talent of a vocalist? What would you say for them to do? Be like an EDM producer or what would you say uh, for that person to go down which route? If you want to like have like the full kind of scale, you know, like I'm not going to sing or, or rap, but like I want to like have my own shows and stuff. I think DJing is a great way to go. I, I, I know a lot of, you know, people, you know, um, are trying to move into that direction. And some people have successfully, you know, you look at guys as big as Sony Digital, you know, who, have, you know, produced some you know, hit records, but, you know, likes to secure the bag of like, hey, I can book out like a 300 seater. I can book out a 500 seater. 
in a few cities um, and I can do my own shows. You know, some of them my records, some of them, you know, uh, things that I kind of remix from other people. And that's a great way to make money as well. So if you find yourself kind of like, I want to be the captain of my own ship, you know, look into trying to DJ, look into trying to, you know, um, put your own uh, projects and records out. There's nothing saying that you can't do this all on your own enterprise. It'll cost more upfront, but you, you can eliminate, you know, a lot of the hassle of dealing with, you know, uh, artists who are serious or, you know, being able to make creative decisions. Um, that, that, that was a big reason why music was so attractive to me, uh, more so than the other arts. And why I think even though I've never like rapped on a song, I have such relatability with artists because I know that feeling of like that lack of control over your creation or you even get to create. Yep, no, I feel that. And yeah. I really yeah. that, that your answer to that DJing is a great, uh, great source of income, man. If you at least- Oh yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm personally, I'm a DJ and man, I've DJed all over the world. That, that all of the country, that shit is fucking, that shit will pay your bills, especially, uh, here's a little tip. If you live near a college town, you can just DJ frat parties. And the easiest way to yep. get a frat party is just networking at the local, like In-N-Out Burger or some shit like that. Like I'm in Westwood, mm -hmm. Westwood is. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's nice I'm out there. Westwood right now, I actually live at a frat. I'm not part of the frat, but I live at a frat right now. And I do <laughs> parties here. And like, you know what, that's just easy money. You know what I mean? It's easy, yeah. easy, everything, you know? And getting into DJing is not hard at all. So if you, like, Nick is so right about that. If you are a producer who wants to experiment more with the technical side of stuff, but also wants to run their own show, doesn't want to be a vocalist, man, DJing is the easiest way to get the bag. Facts. And can, can I say something real quick? 100%, 100%. Yeah, so you know, this is something I, I kind of like, I was thinking about this uh, kind of in preparation to, you know, talk with you. And it's just that, you know, I want people to kind of like, you know, understand where, what position you could or could not have in this industry. And what I mean by that is like, I equate it to sports. I'm huge. Everybody, you know, if you follow me, like, you know, I'm a huge basketball head, right? So I got the Lakers uh, in the background for you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Making me comfortable. I appreciate that. Uh, so, but check it out like this. So like when you look at like the top of the line, the top 1% of 1% producers, look at that as the pro level, right? Look at that as the guys who suit up and play in front of 25,000 fans every night, because that's what that is. That is, it's, it's like the 0.00001% of people who make that, right? Now below that, you know, you have like G League and you, know, you have like overseas and stuff like that. Like you have all these levels in between that, you know, high school, college, so on and so forth. My point with saying this is as you try to move up levels, your income level will change. So uh, back, circling back to my, one of my original points about being specific, if you wanted to do like a combination of focusing on licensing and focusing on trying to, you know, um, you know, sell beats, maybe that's all that you want to do and that's fine. And you're able to pull in like $50,000, you know, um, of income uh, annually, please like understand that that is huge, that's huge. huge. Yes. Like you are, you are making money, paying your bills, making beats. Nobody fucking needs beats, bro. Like no one actually needs that to live. Right. You are selling something that is not a necessity in life. It's not like water or, or bedding or something. You, you need things to live. That's not one of them. So if you can make a living doing that, 
please shut up and enjoy it. And I see so many people, and this is a common thread that I saw with ev almost every single person that I saw uh, at the Big Stars meetups. They want to be like rich, like they want like the most money. And I'm like, you know, you know how I know you're broke is because that's all you can see. That's all your mind is focused on. Only broke people look at it and be like, I just got to be like the richest dude like out there. Like I got to have like Grammys lying in my bathroom wall or whatever. And it's like, look, if you get to that point, cool. But there's a lot of six foot eight guys who are out there and right now and they work at Best Buy, okay? <laughs> Hex. Thanks. I'm just being real. They work. They're not LeBron James. They work at Best Buy, and that's okay. And my point is, you like, you can strive for it, sure, but understand that if you fall somewhere in the middle of that, you're doing great. Like, I like it, to me, it's such a funny thing when I meet people and they're like, "Man, I want to like win Grammys and like be at the Met Gala." I'm like, "No, what you want is validation. You ain't really trying to be in this thing because." being in it and actually like working at it is the dream in my opinion. No, I agree completely. Like you should enjoy the struggling part of it. The struggling part yeah. of it is actually for me, I, I struggle. I consider myself struggling. It's, it's fun as hell. Like just being able to do like not having to work at like a retail job or something, just being able yeah. to put food on the table is a luxury in itself if you're you know producing for artists like music doesn't have to be made for like you said like beats don't need no one needs beats right you know no. no one needs no essentially no one needs even music at the at the end of the day uh um, right like that's kind of a stretch because i understand like music is a form of escapism and all that but at the end of the day we're providing a commodity not like an actual we're providing like sort of a luxury for people. We're not providing something that people actually need. So the beat, so exactly. to do that even at a really low scale and get paid even like a hundred bucks is fire. Like I remember the first, yeah, session, yeah. first session I had that I got paid for, I did like so many sessions for free. First one I got paid for, I was like, oh shit, you know, like that, that felt crazy, you know? Yeah. It, like, like you no, said, it's, it's huge. Like you said, it builds, um, it builds your income as you level up. But I have a, I have a question about like those meetings that mm -hmm. you have. Um, yeah. Were a lot of people, did, did a lot of people know who you were when, when uh, they would come to the meetings or they were just came there to network or how, how, did, how were you setting those up? Uh, so I, uh, it was, it was through beat starts, right? So like, if it was just like me as age of 26 telling you to show up somewhere, nobody was gonna, <laughs> gonna show up so uh that wasn't me that was Beatstars kind of like they you know put on Twitter and uh, on Instagram and um I would just kind of be a host I would I was their ambassador I was one of the they had, they had them all over the country from like from you know LA you know Dallas New York they had some like overseas like in Germany and stuff so the, the you know I think on the surface the point was just for them was just like you know uh, to you know, massively expand their own brand. I, I don't think it was really about like the core artist or whatever, but I noticed that in most sessions that people had all over the world, a lot of guys were able to secure studio time, right? I, mean, I don't know how they, were, how they were doing that, but they would pay for studio time every month. And so people would just come in and kind of like pass the ox. And I was like, what a colossal waste of time. Like you already know how your shit sounds. And let's be real, no one in here gives a damn what your music sounds like. I was literally thinking that. Like, they're just trying to, like, they're just trying to hear their own shit, boost their own ego. 
Yeah. So, like, did you have a lot of people just trying to meet each other based on clout? Like, you're like, oh, I want to see if, like, Payne wants here or something like that. You had something like yeah. That. So, here's what would happen. And uh, I feel like I can actually say this now on something. I've always, I've said this. I've never said this, like, on my camera or anything. Everyone who showed up there, when they when I first, like, uh, walked to the front, um, didn't, you know, like, care. Like, they didn't, you know, um, people wouldn't really say much or whatever. By the end of this session, I'd have like a line of people that wanted to like talk to me and like, you'd be like, yo, thank you so much or whatever. It would happen. And the reason why is not because like, you know, I'm just like this uh, amazing musician. It was just because the information that I had, because, you know, all this shit is like transferable as far as, you know, just show business. Music is still show business. You know, that's why I say it's even less of a need than like other businesses, like maybe going to the barber or owning like a, a mattress store. Like it's, you know, it's it's such a unique privilege and luxury to do. And it's got no income ceiling, obviously, but, you know, um, the floor is really, really, really far down, you know. And so uh, the thing that separates most people is just the knowledge and the information. So like people would come in, not know who I am. But the first person that kind of has answers to the questions, which is how I did the meetings, is kind of who they kind of flocked to. So I would come in and be like, in like it was a, it was like an auditorium kind of room. It was like one of the classrooms, and I would just stand at the front, like I was like a teacher, and I'd be like, hey, so the way, the way we're going to do this thing is let's figure out kind of some of the issues that you may be having um, in, in in music as a producer, as an artist, whatever, and you know, uh, you just raise your hand, kind of say like, ask a question. And then I would kind of start off with a question and just kind of, you know, just get people warmed up because, you know, people in music are awkward and weird and don't, don't like to talk. <laughs> so I'll get people warmed up. And then uh, before you know it, it's this collaborative room with everybody chattering around. And here's what you come to find out. You can, what people say, like you could tell like, oh, that's why you're in that position that you're in. Because people have these ideas, like, you know, there's something about being quiet that I think shows, like, the wrong message. But there's also something about speaking and saying the wrong thing that's even worse. Like, I would see some people, like, be real quiet and, like, real slick. They came in with, like, all the, you know, like, the, the jewelry and the baggy clothes. You know, they had the, the edge up with, like, the three lines or whatever. Like, it's like, oh, this guy looks legit. And then he speaks, and you're like, oh, you're a jackass. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, all right. Okay. We, now we know what it is. And that you start understanding that there's, there's an information gap between the people who are going to be successful or the other people who are going to see progress in their career and those who don't. There's a huge information gap. And the only thing I ever try to do is just kind of like, you know, shrink that a little by little with uh, each meeting. So what are some of like the most common questions that you'd be asked and how do you... How do you, or not how do you expect, but what advice can you give to artists and producers, beat makers to get the information they're looking for from, you know, the people that are in your position, the people that are higher up? Like how, what advice would you give basically to network with those people? How do you approach those people? Um, okay, so I feel like I can give you an answer that's not super long. Um, first and foremost, uh, <laughs> stop using the word network if you're new to it because i don't think i think people have the wrong interpretation of what that word means i think for so many people the idea is 
you know, networking is you're going to give me your shit and then I'm going to go and be successful and go off with it. And that's like, that's not what this is. Networking is about a mutualistic partnership between you and another person. It's about you providing value. So the first thing I'd say, and the best advice I could give to anyone is figure out what your value is like and build that value. So if you have a great social media following, and I mean like a real one, then use that as, as leverage. You have to build artistic leverage no matter what the fuck you're doing here. Like, and that's I, when I, I would do like one-on-ones like with artists, I was like, dude, when I was doing standup, like the hardest thing to do wasn't writing jokes. It wasn't getting on stage. The hardest thing to do was sell tickets, getting people to come out. And so that, so, you know, if you are able to do that, you could be on anything you wanted to be on, you know, because you had artistic leverage and it's the same thing. So people in those meetings would always come in and ask like, how do I sell beats? You know, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I was like, build artistic leverage the best way you can. And guess what? If you have no leverage, if you have no special skill, if you have no ability, if you don't, you're not a graphic designer or whatever, cool. Guess what you do have? Money. And everybody talks that language when it comes to money. All right, we all, we all become mad friendly once you put a couple uh, hundred dollar bills in people's pockets, all right? So if you want, if there's a producer who like you really wanna work with or an artist that you really wanna work with, flash that cash. And nobody likes to hear that because it's not the, the sexy answer of like, oh, just go to the studio and like sleep there and wait till young thug walks by and like chase him down. It's like, that's what you wanna hear. That's what you wanna hear. But the truth is, you need to build it. And a lot of that, you know, because I always have people be like, well, I don't have anything. And I'm like, well, you have a job, don't you? It's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, use some of that money from your job to invest in your career. And that doesn't mean buy plugins and music equipment. That means, yeah, I'm going to pay, you know, $400 from a verse for somebody. And like, I'm paying for the verse kind of like hint, hint, wink, wink to get the verse, but also because that's the only way the son of a bitch is going to talk to me. And I need that connection to actually make this work. I need that connection. I need to be able to have that contact in my phone list and know what time it is. So like that to me is like the way people should look at networking. And as far as the things people should ask is, you know, at this point, like get into it. Like, because the surface level questions, you know, uh, aren't helping. And, you know, you and I are part of a few different, you know, groups and organizations out there. And there's people that come in and they're just like, yeah, so like, do I have any tips or advice for like when I first get in? It's like, you haven't done shit, bro. Like, no, there's no advice for you yet. Get into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to touch a little bit slightly deeper on the paying for the verse thing. I feel like there's yeah. some people who are really against it. Um I feel like it's just a tool. You know what I mean? Like if it mm-hmm. can get you clout, why not? Or if it could get you in the door somewhere, why not? I feel yeah. like the fact that, you know, uh, you're probably one of the first people I've heard say that is just like money talks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that and just say like, I don't think that's really a bad idea. As long as like, I feel like there's a good way to do it though. Like, I just want to say, make sure you're going through PayPal. Make sure you're not like Venmoing for a verse. For sure. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure that, uh, people know that not to be stupid about it, but uh, yeah. if you could afford a feature from like Lil Uzi, like I feel like that's not that's not a, that's a pretty good come up, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. 
what's what's your first indication that you need to work with an artist more and another indication that you're like oh shit i don't know if i could work with this so for me i'll give an example um uh, mm-hmm. this actually has nothing to do with artistic ability it's like when a, when an artist shows up late last week i had an artist show up 45 minutes an hour late <laughs> i just told him don't I, I i literally just like i don't remember if i walked out or i just told him like don't show up like it's not even worth it it's like if if you're not valuing my time i'm not going to value your time no matter who you are right what's your what's your like thing that really sets you off and what's your thing that you're like oh my god i gotta work with this dude like what's your ticking point well it, the point is you stole mine <laughs> like, yeah like yeah I'm early <laughs> like I'm usually yeah like, dude like dude pu- punctuality is like everything and i don't even mean just like showing up like uh sending back you know um files quickly you know uh if you say you're gonna get back to me on thursday then i need to hear from you on thursday you know what i mean like there's just a communication aspect that as soon as I meet an artist that's like, you know, um, good at that, I'm like, I can kind of work with the skill level. At this point, I've reached a level where I'm like, okay, I can kind of push you in the direction that you need to go so that you're not completely horrible. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't, you know, make you uh, a better person about respecting others, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't fix that. So, that comes from, you know, like, okay, this person's gonna, you know, uh, take it seriously. If, if they're responding on time and being efficient, uh, then yeah, I, I love that stuff. And conversely, um, when there's people who don't answer back or they take three days to answer a text message or whatever, it's just like, you know what, man, uh, this ain't gonna work, you know? And usually you don't get to say anything. They'll just forget about you because their lives are just so busy or whatever, right? So, uh, and then you move on from those kind of people. That's, that's actually really funny. Um, I feel like a lot of those people that say they're, you know, they're busy or whatever, they're just trying to chase something that, you know, could just further them a bit, a bit better than just focusing yeah. on what they're really doing. I've had a client that, um, she's actually like, she's got hella clout like on Instagram and shit, but I just refuse to work with her anymore because she hasn't, she, she's so bad at communication. You know what I mean? She'll just hit me yeah. and just be like, yo, like, let's link up. I'll tell her price, budget, whatever. And I used to do shit for her for free because of the amount of clout she had, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's not even right. at that point. If they don't respect you, what makes you think, one, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is like, if they can't respect you enough to show up on time, what makes you think they'll respect you enough to, uh, you know, bring you up with them when they have their time to shine? You know what I mean? There's no, yeah. it, it's it's not even worth it. Um, what are some of like, <laughs> I don't know if you even want to go there, but like, what are some of the worst um sessions you've had as far as like experiences maybe you messed up or the artist messed up pretty bad and it's just like a really yeah. embarrassing if you want to talk about that if, if not it's fine but i think those are always fun I, yeah I'll, I'll i'll give you one um so i had this opportunity i was, it was through actually through the meetups that i was doing with beat stars so like i met this guy who had walked in he would remain nameless because the story is not flattering uh so um he came in he was like he's like yo man like i really appreciate you know um yeah you know you, you kind of given all these gems or whatever like uh let's work on something what kind of music do you make and and, and he asked me that because i almost never tell people any of that stuff because i feel like if you're interested and you ask that's way better than me being like yo i'm a hip-hop producer and be like whoa okay hey calm down like so he asked me i was like yeah i kind of make a lot of trap soul you know r&b a little this and that he was like, dope, man, let's like work on a record. And I was like, 
all right, you ain't said shit to me. Like, so like where and when, man. And so he was like, yeah, so I got this, like, and this should have been my first red flag. And I just, I didn't, I didn't do it. And it's my first red flag. So he was like, uh, so there's this uh, engineer. She's like, you know, worked with like Kanye and like uh, Buster Rhymes or something else. Of course, all these names that everybody knows. And so I was like, and I was like, oh, cool. And in my mind, I was like, Nick, you need to leave. You need to leave now. Because anytime somebody drops the credits before they start talking about the music, run, 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 run. Okay, those people are the worst kind of people to be around. And so yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. Now this thing was like all the way out in Burbank, like uh, this little studio. So I went out there. And um, I, I met the girl and, you know, just as snobby and as LA as, as, as it can possibly be, you know, and I know, you know what I'm saying by that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it just came in and was like, uh, she was like, so it's on you. What do you guys want to want to do? And so this guy, you know, was terrible at communication and um, didn't really prepare anything for the studio session. And that's something that really gets under my skin. Like I hate showing up. The studio to me is not a place to fucking hang out. Like I like to get, go in there and like be productive. You know what I'm saying? Like I, like I don't smoke weed, you know, but I know a lot of guys do. I'm like I'm cool if you smoke. I'm it's fine, but smoke and work, nigga. Smoke and work. I say that to every single person. I'm like I get so annoyed when people come in and they're like, oh well, I, let me just burn one real quick. I'm like, dude, work, please, for the love of God, work. So. This guy comes in and like, he's like, he's not prepared. He doesn't have anything ready for the session. And so he's like, all right, man, uh, you know, let's get to it. And so I just played him. I had like 50 beats with me or something like that. And so I just went through. And so he did that artist thing where he's like, no, no, no. Of course, he's something I've worked like weeks on. I was so proud of him. He's like, ah, trash, trash, trash. And you know, my heart, my heart is being broken. <laughs> so, But I'm going to play it cool. Like, yeah, yeah, it was trash. I mean, I, I didn't really care about that one. So I'm doing all this. So he chooses a beat that I absolutely hated. Like I kept it because a few artists liked it, but um, it was like the last one. You know, yeah, one of those like like you know, ain't shit names that you give for beats that like you ain't really connected to. You know, so he picks that. All right, put that one on. So I was like, all right, whatever. And so he kind of starts getting into this vibe, right? And so he like picks up the microphone. And he's like, you're just kind of like ad-libbing, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden, I just hear like the phone ring. And I was like, is that like, is that her on the, is she doing something? Like, I thought that, I didn't know where that was coming from. And so he slid his phone on him and he's like, hello? I was like, oh, he's doing like a Drake thing, like where they like talk and they like muddle like the sample rate and it's going to be that kind of cool thing. And, and it wasn't that. It was, he like left the booth and like proceeded to have, I want to say the session was for like four hours. He proceeded to talk for like three hours straight. Oh. And I, dude, it, it was miserable. Like I sat there and like, I, I went through all this stuff to kind of finally, you know, meet this guy and, and, and work with him. Mind you, that three hours sitting next to that engineer, if someone could have filmed that, it would have been, have been hilarious because here you have two people who are not at the same level uh artistically you know let's i'm just gonna say she's telling the truth and take her for a word and so like you know she clearly had no interest in sitting next to me and i had all the interest in sitting next to her and she was just kind of so where are you from i was like oh god <laughs> like, 
this is clearly somebody who does not want me in the room. And I was like, bro, I wish you'd come back. I wish you'd come back. And like, he would peek his head in the room and be like, I'm still on the phone. And then he'd leave. I'd be like, dude, like, come on. You know, so like, I just, his, he comes in, I want to say maybe 45 minutes left in the session. And so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to like freestyle, like whatever I want to do. And then like, I'll touch it up later on. That's how I write normally. And I was just like, okay. And so he gets on the song and he just starts kind of like dropping some lines. They weren't good, but he seemed happy with them. And so I walked out and I, he was like, all right, cool. And mind you, he hadn't paid me for the beat. Oh, and yeah, so, uh, you know, um, this, the, the, the files, I had them. And so, um, yeah, I, I wasn't going to make a big deal about getting paid because I normally don't. You know, I, I kind of know how this works. Like the first person who mentions getting paid always leaves broke. Yeah. You know, uh, so you try not, not to ever mention the payment and just hope that eventually you'll reel them in. Like, hey, man, I've been seeing a lot of this guy. Maybe I should pay him. That's how you try to do it, right? But I was mad. So I was just like, uh, I just took it. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna hold on to these, man. Um, you know, and whenever you're ready to kind of move to the next step, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, yeah, yeah, man, I got you. I got you. Like, I'm gonna pay you whatever, whatever. He was like, you know, like, what's your... He was asking me for all this information and stuff. So I gave it to him. And um, he didn't like ever like get back to me to pay for the music or to follow up or any of that stuff. Like it was just a really shitty, terrible, awful session. Oh man, that sounds yeah. terrible, man. Like, yeah. I think that's actually a huge gem. Like, um, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but those four hours can provide a lot of experience for people who might be watching and listening because you've touched on a few things. Number one, preparation is key from both the engineer side and mm -hmm. the producer side, the engineer side and the artist side. So if you're just a producer, like I'm just a producer, but I also like engineer too. Um, if you're like someone who's kind of like wearing all hats, make sure the mic's set up, make sure you got a pop filter on the mic, make sure your, your session is ready to go. Your software's up. Uh, make sure that, you know, if you have like water or whatever for the artist, you have charging cables for their phone. I always have like two iPhone cables next to the booth. Nice. You always want something. You always want to make the artist feel prepared, right? Or make them feel comfortable. Second mm -hmm. thing is if you're an artist, make sure you're not writing your lyrics when you're supposed to be recording. And that's exactly oh. what this dude was doing in your session. He wasn't even yeah. writing. Literally, he didn't even have any ideas down. He was pulling that no shit but like he but Tory Lane's is actually good like, Tory yeah Lane, you know what I mean or like Lil Wayne I'm pretty sure does that too where they just like spit off the dome I've had artists that actually mm -hmm. are good at that but you have to know you're good at that like you I don't think your first session should be doing that um make sure you come prepared second thing I want to touch on is and I think this is even bigger is um the payment side so you you had said what the first person that uh mentions money goes leaves broke something like that always almost always i agree with that i think as soon like you're gonna get like you can tell if someone's gonna at least most of the time you can tell if someone's gonna pay you or not just a bit just the way that they conduct the session right like you won't have to bingo you won't have to ask for it most of the time you won't because like and especially if you have a if you built rapport with the person you won't have to ask for it so mm -hmm. i don't and, and at the end of the day, you're there to make music. And as, as long as you're getting, making mu good music, you're going to get paid for it. Like, that's usually how it works. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
one thing, I, yeah, one thing I was gonna say too is like, you know, when you when it comes to getting paid and like, you know, wanting to like, you know, make sure that people follow up and you know, all, and all this and that, it's like, you know, the artists that are really, you know, serious that are working hard and that are making uh, great music, they almost always take care of their people because you also don't get to that level without having because consistency is important. And if you want to be uh, good, you got to be consistent. So like if you're putting out music consecutively, you're probably using the same producer stuff over and over and over again. I don't know too many artists who like get a new producer for every song that they do. You know what I mean? So like in that vein, like you'll know, like if you're working with a guy or a girl who's like super professional, it'll just come out because they'll, they'll, they're going to, you know, have the cover art ready. They're going to have a marketing plan done. They're going to want to have certain things in place from you as a producer, they're going to have expectations uh, as well. Um, so like the, with the way that that works, like you'll, you'll see like, Hey, this person is going to like bring up business on their own. You know, they, they may say, Oh, uh, you know, we're not going to pay, but uh, you know, the splits will be done evenly or whatever uh, the situation may be. And again, that's, that's your moment. That's your red flag to be like, Hey, like this is a relationship worth kind of developing. Nine times out of 10, it is. It's hard to find people that are going to consistently make music anyway. Right. So, you know, those are important things to kind of like look out for. Like the money thing, it, I'm, I'm serious. It's just like telemarketing. Like the first person to bring up, like bringing out your credit card never gets paid ever. That's so true, man. Um, I really think that like developing an artist is really great thing to do as a producer side of things too. Like you, you, you just mentioned like, oh, uh, using the same um producer for each you know each song really i think that's yeah. i think that that's huge because from an artist perspective when you're using the same producer you know what to expect from his side and if you're pro and if yeah. you're the producer um you kind of know what to expect from the artist because you can always like if you're mixing the track or whatever you could apply some some of the similar processing you know what that person likes it's a lot less headaches for you to go through just to get a final product you know if they want you know, reverb here, if they want delay here, if they like throws, if they yeah. like, you know, you, like developing that relationship is a lot. And that's something I'm sure you've learned over the course of mm -hmm. like developing a relationship is a lot easier to make money in. If you're worried about money, yeah. it's a lot easier to capitalize on one relationship than it is to build five different acquaintances. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, uh, developing an artist is a very powerful way to, not only just improve uh, as a musician, but to um, meet new people. Um, and then you mentioned earlier about going like networking at events. Yeah. And it's much easier to do that when you kind of go even with a friend or like um, get people that you know there. Like most networking happens in groups. I, I very rarely see it happen one-on-one. -on -one. You know, it's usually, you know, you see a group of people and like, you know, one of the guys there or like you have two people and maybe you see another, another friend of yours and like y'all kind of walk up and you introduce or whatever, like, it, it just this is a collaborative sport it always has been and you know that ability to like work with someone like and if they're if they're good enough you know they're sharpening you just as you're sharpening them and that aspect of it is one of the most fun parts of making music and you can talk to them differently there's not that 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 like worry of like you know hey did I say something that this person's uncomfortable with whatever whatever like you don't have all that stuff you can be authentic you can be yourself and like once you're able to get like 80% of like the nonsense of meeting new people out of the way, and it's just the music, 
there's a sweet spot there, man. Like just being creative. It's really beautiful. No, you're hundred percent right. Um, do you feel like it's easier to network? I don't want to say network cause it's a, I guess it's like a really overused term, but do you feel like it's easier to meet people and build relationships in person? Or do you feel like it's easier now to do it over social media or have you built all, I mean, you, you've done stuff, but what do you think yeah. you're now? I think it's easier to build relationships in person. Okay. Why? And because I think that, you know, it's okay. It's like this. It's one of those things where it's like, if I want to reach a lot of people, then like online is the way to go. But if I'm trying to just kind of like search for depth within like one or two individuals, I'd much rather have an in-person meet up or, you know, because of like the pandemic and just the year and the time, it's kind of like what we're doing here. Like you want to be able to connect and like hear that person's voice kind of, you know, like, you know, get their intonation behind certain things because oftentimes what happens is you kind of become friends. You, you know, you, you, you develop, you know, kind of a kinship musically for one, you have to, if you're going to work together. And then two, like you kind of just get this person's vibe, you know, like I think online is better for if I'm going to develop a professional and relationship and professional only. Like I, I prefer online if like, you know, I'm reaching out to an artist and they don't really know who I am because then there's like social proofing online. True. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of like, I only look, let me look at this guy's website. Let me, you know, uh, search, you know, listen to his music. Like there's this element of like, oh, the sun's coming out. So it's getting brighter in here. But, uh, you know, th there's this element of like, you know, wanting to validate this person to make sure that they're the real deal. And that's hard to do, um, you know, uh, in, in, in the setting now because it's so easy to fake it. But in person, you don't really have that problem because you can, it's a, it's an energetic thing. You can feel it. Like if I meet you and I were at an event and let's like say we're total strangers, but like we get into a conversation, we're going to know like eye to eye, like musician to musician. Like I, like I know you're for real. Right. And you're going to know that I'm for real. So before we even get into like, what type of music do we make? What do we like stylistically, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like just like, you'll go in a different direction because like, you've seen that person, you know, you've gotten to kind of, you know, you laughed at a joke that you thought was funny or like, you know, you brought up like a situation that, you know, you both kind of relate to. It's, it's, it's better to, to have that in-person connection um, as many times you possibly can. Right. I mean, I, I agree with that. I think you can develop more relationships or better relationships in person. Better relationships. Yeah. But it's funny that you say that though, too, because um, some of my best like some of the artists that I actually prefer to work with, I've never even met before. Um, do you work with a lot of artists that, you know, you've never even met where you're just kind of like mixing and mastering their stuff or producing for them? Or is it, is it pretty much just only people you've met in person? No, it, it you know, typically it ends up being people that um, there's people I haven't met as well, which seems like a contradiction to what I've said, but like, I, it, it, it works differently. Like the people that I, you know, end, end up kind of like talking to online or whatever. At some point, I've gotten on a phone call with them or at some point, like I've like almost, I would say, you know, most of the people that I've, you know, had the pleasure of actually speaking to, I almost always end up staying cool with them for a long time. And it's just because at the end of the day, this is still a people business. And, you know, 
I, I like to think I'm you know pretty good with people and like that's a skill that we all need to learn um, and sharpen consistently. So like the online thing is nice because you know I do have the social proofing, right? So like that's a that that helps me, you know. And when people kind of look up you know all all of my stuff or listen to my you know listen to my things, even if you don't like the music, it's still professional. Right. And it's still something where you can be like, okay, this guy seems like he's really serious about his business. And that's a valuable asset to have. So um, the way it's worked for me, and I'm sure where it works for you as well, is like, we got this stuff online. You can search us on like the eight gajillion websites out there and, you know, find us, you know, um, and I find our content. Plus, you know, if we get on a phone call or we get like on an extended, um, uh, you know, uh, conversation maybe through DM or whatever, like it's going to go further than just like, you know, let's just try to get these, you know, uh, get this money and, you know, put out songs. Like we're going to talk about, you know, you know, sports, you know, art, culture, you know, literature, like whatever, like I'm not going to take the conversation into just what can I get from you? Like, I want to know you as a human being. And I'd hope that that me wanting to know you, that would reciprocate and that you would, you would like to know me as well. Oh, that's, no, that's, that's huge, man. Like, um, I've actually been telling a lot of producers that have been coming at me or not just producers, artists, anyone that's yeah. been coming at me with like, or like you get those, uh, you get those DMS on Instagram or those comments or like DM me for artwork or whatever, you know? What yeah. Talking? Yeah. I'll literally hit those dudes up and I'll be like, yo, you gotta like, you gotta have a, you gotta, you gotta show interest in what I'm saying, but I realize I'm just talking to a wall at that point, but I think what you're saying, or I know what you're saying is fact because when you lead with value, um, you get value in return, but you're not supposed to lead with value to expect it in return. You're just supposed to lead with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's the, it's just people like, it's a people business. I got one last question for you. And then if mm -hmm. you want to say anything else, I'd love to hear it. Um, sure. And I feel like you kind of answered this already, but just to be a little bit more clear, you think it's more valuable for an artist to develop their musical abilities or their social abilities. And what I mean by this is like, let's say you're just average at one or the other. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think it's better to be like exceptionally good at creating music the way, whether you like them or not, Kanye West or Russ, they, they literally create their all, all their whole project. Yeah. Mix yeah. or would you think it's better to just be like a uh like an adam ivy who's really good at marketing really good at the social stuff what would you yeah. i think i know what your answer is but just give it to me um yeah to me i'm gonna say as much as i you know love to be as prolific uh as you know kanye or russ or for everyone that you need to be like that being great socially is the reason why guys like Adam Ivey probably don't even have to make a beat ever again and will always have food on his table. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm a huge fan of Adam, Adam, Adam Ivey and I haven't listened to probably four beats of his. I'm just going to be real with you. I haven't even listened. I don't to even know. What, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't even know. Like, unless he features it on like his page, I don't know what kind of music he makes. This dude could be complete pure trash. I have no idea. Right. But his brand is one that I definitely, you know, uh, try to emulate within my own uh, work as well. Um, and I, I love what he does. I, I, it's all about, you know, empowerment for the musician. And that's such a, such a, uh, like, it's, it's an area where there's not a lot of people talking about it. You know what I'm saying? You maybe got four or five voices in that whole area. Right. 
right. you know, um, most producers are usually showing you their screen and like, this is how you change your hi-hats. And it's like, that's, that's cool, but there's like a, you know, there's a million of that stuff out there and you'll figure that out. But the mindset is just so important in this business. So um, just to give you a succinct answer, yeah, I, I think being um, above average uh, socially um, trumps, you know, uh, musically, because as you and I know, you know, you can go to open mic, especially in LA, um, back when, you know, when things get back opened up again, but, um, and you can listen to some people who can just like blow, man, like singers who got like, just like, it's like Aretha Franklin and Luther Vandross, like made a baby and this is their brainchild vocally. You know what I mean? But you'll never know who that person is because socially they, 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 they don't have the skill set to, you know, um, take themselves to the next level. So that's, I would say socially, it takes the cake for me. I agree completely. I just wanted to emphasize that point. Um, is there anything mm -hmm. else you wanted to touch on? Um, I think, uh, yeah, let's say the last thing I, I, I would, last few things I think I want to say is just, um, you know, there's, this business is, is interesting because I think, you know, there's a desire to get in the industry, right? And a lot of people, you know, express that desire uh, through different ways. But I, I, I try to tell people like, hey, it's not so important to get in. There's no clubhouse. There's not like a, a room that you're somehow magically not allowed to go inside. You know, um, music, unlike any of the artistic, you know, paths that you can choose, at least in my humble opinion, is the most accessible for people who are on the outside. Yeah. It's one, it's the one profession where if you don't know, you know, anybody who can like help you in or can give you a leg up, you know, you can still essentially make music. Yeah. Good luck doing that with movies. Okay. You can't make a movie and know nobody. That's not possible. Okay. You can't, you can't do stuff like that. But with music, I can, with, with just enough resourcefulness and drive and passion, maybe not be in the industry, but can, you know, meet enough people um, and, you know, get, get the equipment, learn the software, and I can make my own, you know, hub of entertainment. And so my, my thing, just, you know, my closing message to anybody that, um, that, that watches and that's listening would be to focus on making your own enterprise as much as you possibly can. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things here and, you know, take some stuff from this, but there's things we haven't touched on. Uh, explore those roots if, if, if those things, you know, are, you know, called to you, but understand that you can do this without a label. You can do this without a manager. I mean, if I had a nickel for every artist that was like, I need a manager, I need a manager. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's ridiculous. No, you don't, you don't. I hope this podcast is like super, super viral. So at least this one thing, can, can like be shown to the masses. You do not need a damn manager. You don't, you know, um, what you need is to learn time management. You need to learn how to be resourceful. You need to learn how to invest your money into the right places and you need to change your mindset. And I, I, you don't need the help you think you need. What you need is to learn how to build the infrastructure of whatever your brand is all together as this one thing. And then from there, you know, the people will come, but you got to build it first. Bro, 100%, man. Like, uh, I, I just want to add one thing to that. Like, I think you got to do all of that, but you also have to be consistent enough to do the work. 
And that's yeah. something that like you had touched on way earlier is you have to be consistent, but not only in releasing music, but also to reaching out to people. You have to be consistent in um, hitting up people for a feature or hitting up people for, you know, whatever opportunities you mm-hmm. provide, provide them. You know what I mean? So I think 100% everything you say, but also do the work. Like that's the, that's, that's the only thing I'd add to that. Just be able to. For sure, man. Um, dude, where can people find you? Where can people listen to your music? Uh, so, uh, you can find me across all social medias, uh, except TikTok cause I'm a grown man, uh, uh, at agent 26 official on, on everything. Um, uh, Spotify, iTunes, I got music out there. If you guys are interested at, uh, just agent 26, search me up. Um, and then agent26beats.com if like uh people are interested in like checking out some of the stuff i got got a lot of things i'm coming out uh with in 2021 so i'm, I'm looking forward to uh, next year oh yeah man all right bro i really appreciate you taking your time out of your busy day uh, <laughs> be on the bottom of my podcast man uh by the way i know you said you're a grown man you're not gonna be on tiktok but this podcast at least parts of it will be on tiktok so you'll make your debut on a uh, bot mop official podcast um, <laughs> dude thank you nick thank you so much please follow this man agent 26 he's the goat i appreciate you nick um and until next time everyone peace out thanks man thank you so much for having me i appreciate